brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert. We have some dynasty questions from Twitter that we are going to answer on today's podcast. But before we get into it, wanted to give you a quick reminder, please uh, give the podcast a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's how we know that you're listening. Uh, if you like the podcast, if you want us to keep doing them here on the public feed, make sure and give us those rating and ratings and reviews because that's how we know that you're listening and that you like them. Um, uh, just a couple quick reminders of uh, things going on at the site. We'll have two more pro podcasts this week along with a, another uh, podcast here on the main feed with a special guest that you guys are going to be super pumped about, likely coming out on Thursday. Uh, as for the pro podcasts over on the website on Friday, I'll be doing a pro pod with um, the intent of helping you with your strategy for one and done playoff fantasy football leagues and figuring out what the hell we're going to do here in, in the first week with our one and done leagues and kind of going over the strategy for that. I'll be having those each week of the uh, fantasy football playoffs to help you kind of guide you through those particular leagues at uh, on Friday or yeah on Friday as well I'll also get up the DFS walkthrough and breakdown for the uh, wild card weekend slate on the website right now you can find Trashman's um, flex rankings for you know uh, like playoffs long I guess Byron what do you call it like playoff long <laughs> it's not it's not season long but I guess the yeah, for playoff fantasy, like you draft and keep. Uh, he's got like a draft and keep cheat sheet up at rosterwatch.com. So uh, the trash man will have your rankings and your cheat sheets for that up at the website for our pro members. I'll be walking you through the one and done strategy each week as we go through the playoffs here. And of course, we'll continue with the DFS pods for our pro members. A pro membership at rosterwatch.com is cheaper than a cheap cup of coffee, and you also get all the access to. All the pro pods from the Senior Bowl, everything that we're doing there, the Combine, the Pro Day Tour, uh, everything you've come to expect from Roster Watch, a lot of that's going to be over on the pro feed. So make sure that you have a pro membership at rosterwatch.com to not only get access to all of our tools and all of our award-winning content to help you win in fantasy football, but also to get more of these podcasts. Again, rate, review, rate, review. The more you rate, review, the more of these podcasts that you're going to get on the main feed. So I, I can't say it enough. Rate and review the pod. Because Trashman didn't say it once all goddamn year on his Fantasy Fallout podcast. All right, Byron, uh, you want to get to some of these Dynasty questions? Do you have anything you want to kind of start off with? Um, I got a whole bunch of Dynasty stuff prepared here. So if you let me start off, I'll monopolize the pod. So we better just get to the questions. <laughs> let me ask you this. What do you think about the Bengals, um, the Bengals interviewing their main two interviews thus far seem to be Vance Joseph and Hugh Jackson. It's just crazy, <laughs> man. I mean, how can how can that be true? I don't know. We always see Mike Brown up in the stands at the Senior Bowl with his daughter, who's like the CFO and of the entire entire company. It's, it's and I like mean, a, that's it's, it's, like it's a, a family. It's a it's a it's a frugal family business up there in Cincinnati. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You know, but uh, well, even if they're frugal, why would you hire the shittiest coach that's ever lived 
And then Vance, and then the other guy, Vance Joseph, who was just, I mean, he, he's so bad that he's having, he, Vance Joseph is so bad that now John Elway is having to say, like, I'm out of excuses for all these terrible decisions that I've made. Like, even he's saying it now, that he's out of excuses. So, oh, just uh, really just un- unbelievable what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing. They've, they've taken over. I say, are they on the have, – have they taken over for the kind of worst and kind of bottom-feeding franchise from the Cleveland Browns? Probably them and the Washington Redskins, huh? Oh, I don't think the Redskins. I mean, the Redskins obviously have a quarterback situation they got to get sorted. I like the Redskins roster, though. And, talk, and toxic ownership. Yeah, but the Redskins have a good roster. They got decimated with injuries this year. They were off to a good start this year. So I don't I don't put them in the same bucket. I think the, I think the Redskins have only been to one playoff game. Yeah, well, like that's fine about the organization. The current state of the team was pretty good until they got just destroyed with injuries this year. Yep. All right, so uh, speaking of looking forward into the future, we're not going to look forward into the future too much about Alex Smith and his I mean, how injury, can he possibly return? It, I thought it was uh, just uh, – I figured it was just uh, predetermined that he was retiring and done with football. How could he ever come back? He, oh, I, he, I mean, that's, it's, it's modern medicine. Dr. David Chow said had it not have been for the, you know, the subsequent infections that – he would he would be for sure good yeah to go but how damaged one. is your mind your mind has to be incredibly damaged from an injury like that he got the big guaranteed money you know i don't i, don't, I just boy i guess man well so we'll so we'll find out we'll find out a I lot about alex see. smith's psyche i mean that's one where i you know long veteran career a ton of money i just assume you just hang him up after that one yeah, and and here's the thing: if 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 things do go bad with everything that's happened with his, with the subsequent infections, and if he's got to get some extra stuff done with that, that can really change the outlook of everything, and it can change the, uh, it, it can change the way that it's viewed by the by the by, by the team, and possibly from what I can gather, ways that the, um. Ways that the language of the contract can be construed as it regards to you know injuries, you know. So there's probably th- there 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 are ways that the Redskins can get out of it if it is more catastrophic than just the um, the, uh, the 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 original major you know bone break or fracture or whatever it is that that, 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 that if that I was, was if I was Mayock and Gruden, I'd be trying to get Snyder on the phone for two first rounders for Derek Carr, man. I think that I, here's the thing. I had the feeling at first that Gruden kind of hated Derek Carr, but towards the end of the season, I kind of got the feeling that he kind of loves Derek Carr. I can't well, figure it does, out. he does, but, but, but Gruden's the kind of guy that can fall out of love real quick, too. And Mayock was a Derek too. Carr guy, similar to us. We kind of had like a late first-round grade on him, essentially. thought He was a good pick there in the top of the second round. And and I, at this, that's why I said two two first rounders because yeah, they like him enough. He's serviceable enough at this point that I think they want to move forward with that plan. But boy, if you could get a couple of big picks for him, ship him over to your brother who's trying to coach for his life over there in Washington, might be a good idea. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, the league's just not quite as QB needy as it once was. It's still there are still teams that have big. big well, if big Alex Smith is down, they're going to be one of them. Yep. All right. So let's see here. Doctor Michael Eisenberg asks on. Tw- okay, this is just a joke question. He asks, "Will the robot genius be on the <laughs> be on the podcast?" No, we didn't have time to get him on today. Um, let's see. All right, how about this one? This is an interesting one. This one comes from LA Tiger 62, Larry at LA Tiger 62. What kind of King's ransom should I get for Patrick Mahomes? He has Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. I mean, you're trying well. to get three first rounders. What do you need to give up for three? You're not well, going to get what you're it. asking for. I think you, yeah, but would you be happy with two? One 2019 and one 2020? I would trade, I would trade one I'm of my other quarterbacks. How much do you think a 2019 first round pick in Dynasty is really uh, worth? You know right better. Now, I'm just, just you would have a better idea than me. I mean, obviously, by over the course of the next few months, where nobody will know that better than us. But uh, I'm getting the feeling that we're going to come out of this one feeling like that a let a letdown. It's certainly not going to be anything like it was last year when you get Saquon or you get Darius guys. Or well, the year guys. before, it's been a real treat the last couple of years. They can't all be like that. But that's fun. That's fun having right. to dig around in these evaluations on these different classes, yeah. man. So, so maybe I think that I think that 
I think this year, if you can get their 2019 first, maybe you're right, Byron. Maybe you get a 2020 first because in in 2020 we'll get uh, you you we have a chance to get the Wisconsin kid, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, um, who looks better than any running back in this class. And uh, there are there are a few others from that class that look you know running backs and wide receivers. Um, I don't know. I think you need a 2019 first, a 2020 first, and then what? Like maybe how, how about this? Instead of the three firsts, would you go with a 2019, a 2020, and then like a Kirk Cousins? Well, this guy doesn't need a quarterback, but he's got the whole reason he's trading okay. Mahomes is because he's loaded. Well, would the two first be enough well, for you? I like what he's trying to. Generally, this is a sound strategy. When you're loaded at the position and you think things are close, you ship off the guy that has the highest perceived value, and um, that's the best the way to do the best deal. But in this case, man, I actually might think Patrick Mahomes is the goat and legitimately a significantly better uh, dynasty own than either of those other quarterbacks. In that case, if I can't, it's going to be hard to get the massive three first rounders for Mahomes. I think that's honestly what he could be worth in dynasty. So, you know, I might, he's going to have to assess his league. I might look at shipping one of those other, other, other quarterbacks, but yeah, I think to your point, it's got to be two, it's got to be two first rounders plus something plus a player or plus a, you know, a second rounder in 19 or something, you know, I'd want a player. I I would would want a player. A buy low player in return yeah, to two, with two yeah, first rounders. Yeah, so do I. A young. And buy we'll talk low about player. some. Of the, I got a ton of that stuff. So. Okay. Cool. Um, how about this one from uh, our friend on Twitter, Alan Seslowski at Alan Seslowski. Somebody mentioned him, which I don't see. Um, but anyway, somebody, somebody mentioned him above. But want to hear about Chris Warren of the Raiders? With my last Fab dollar, I picked up Anthony Fersker. And left Warren on waivers on a 24-man roster. Is he in Gruden's plan? Look, for me, I would much rather own Chris Warren than I than, than Anthony Ferkser at this point. Would thousand percent. John U. Smith is the future there. Alan Seslowski. It's it's. I mean, Chris Warren could legitimately be the future with the with the Raiders. I mean, Chris Warren. I mean, I I've been watching Chris Warren closely ever since high school track here in Texas and. Just his size and his speed put together was um, a thing of absolute just like wonder to be able to go and see him as a recruit in that what now that so Charlie was that Charlie Strong's first recruiting class that was the transition that was the class after Deontay right so that was the that was in the uh, Charlie Strong's first actual class here at Texas and Chris Warren is a NFL pedigreed like legacy, right? I mean his 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 dad is Chris Warren Sr. He when you look at him, the one thing that I worried about with him most was um his like how he's so broad. He's got such broad shoulders and he's so big and tall at 250 pounds with that, um, with this that massive surface area that's left to be exposed with that little bit of an upright running style, which worried me about his ability to be a bruiser at the NFL level. Because, look, go back and watch Chris Warren versus Texas Tech, and you'll see one of the most epic college football games for a running back you've ever seen in your entire life. And, you know, he, he got a ton of run that game because Deontay Foreman was out, and earlier in that game, Texas' other uh, talented runner, Kirk Johnson, left early, tearing his ACL. So... Chris Warren just got all the volume in the world versus Texas Tech in that game. I think it was in 2016 and just absolutely went bananas. There was one play where he broke nine separate tackles on the on the play alone and then outran everybody else because he did run it. Uh, Chris Warren, people forget, ran a 10-8, 100-meter dash in high school. You know, world-class sprinter and track athlete. And so I just – I always worried about his ability to – kind of get skinny through the hole to get through the line of scrimmage to run behind his pads because that wasn't really his game at texas then all of a sudden he falls along he falls in with the oakland raiders as an undrafted free agent this year his agent had told me before that the that the raiders had uh, been, been been very interested in him and had looked at him and of course you always just kind of brush that off because that's what agents always say but they really liked him as a between the tackles pounder and a pos- and a guy who they possibly could see 
you know, taking over in like Marshawn Lynch's role at some point. And, um, you know, it was a compliment to the other speedy guys like the Jalen Richards, et cetera. And when we saw him in preseason, lo and behold, man, he's, 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 he's lowering his pad level. He's running behind his pads. He's, tr- he's just truck-sticking linebackers in open space. Everybody remembers the, the uh, what was it there, the highlight play. Was that just from practice or was that from a game, Byron, the one that made the rounds on, on Twitter where he just where he murdered somebody on the football field? I Do don't you remember, remember that, that one? I think it was a game. He okay. had an epic preseason. Yeah. Regardless. Epic preseason. Things were things were looking on the up and up, and for whatever reason, he was put on IR to uh, to to end the preseason. And my thinking was that they just kind of did that to protect him and not let anybody else come kind of snipe him off their practice squad or whatever else. What do you think about Chris Warren? I, I certainly like him much better in Dynasty than any kind of Anthony Ferkser or Frisker as he wrote. I think it's Ferkser though. I mean, I agree with everything you said. Um, Chris Warren's a player I had a really good early evaluation on in college. Probably didn't pay enough attention to him down the stretch there, just with the woes at Texas and him getting up to 250 and kind of what I was hearing from you, you know. But, you know, us, much like a Matt Waldman, like that was like a like an undrafted free agent that was big time on our radars. We'd, we'd, we'd seen a lot of the guy, and he's a good, good player. Here's the thing is Tom, Tom Herman hated him. And he hated him as a running back. He hated his running style. And so what he did was he tried to move him to tight end. And here's the thing. Chris Warren, is a, he was good at an H-back tight end position. He could catch. So, I mean, he spent a year, he spent a year at least running routes. And, you know, he did he, – he's not really a year, probably only about six games after Tom Herman wanted to transition him there in his junior year before he left early. But, I mean, watch back the film. He caught footballs. You know, it wasn't, he wasn't a massive volume guy, but there's some plays that he put on tape where he looks really good tracking the football and catching it. So he could be used in, in, in that aspect of the game. Look, it's, it's just it's, – it's very simple. Chris, Chris Warren and deep dynasty leagues like this league clearly is 24-man rosters. He, he, he needs to be well, owned. So, uh, and okay. you, should, you, 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 you should have picked him up over, over Ferkser. Yeah, I, I was going to say, and this is a harken back to a discussion I had with our boy Crinky about a month ago. I want to, it's a little anecdotal story. I'll maybe I'll get to on the, on the pod about a deep dynasty rosters and these rookies. But I mean, I think you made the point well there really Chris Warren is like, um, what's the, what, how do they say it? Chris Warren is basically at the top of the mountain in in terms of targets in deep, competitive dynasty leagues like he's a he's a guy that's probably available even in deep competitive dynasty leagues um where most of the rookies are gobbled up and he's like at the very very top of the list what do they say persona he's not 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 persona non grata like numero not something <laughs> i don't know if it's numero uno i can't think of it right now <laughs> that's spanish for yeah number i know one. i don't think that's it yeah, I don't know. I think I don't. He's certainly not a persona non grata. That means somebody who's, who's, no, who's not there's welcome. There's another. There's another saying, but uh, he's yeah. at the top of the list in 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 deep leagues. And I mean, you know, I'm an old, you know, old Raiders observer. I'm Gruden's first tenure in Oakland, and you know, the guy I've always said is he's he's Gruden's Tyrone Wheatley. And Tyrone that's what Wheatley, he'd identified right. him as. Tyrone Wheatley, who coincidentally fired by the Jaguars as their running backs coach just in recent days. It'd be interesting to see if he were to resurface with that Gruden brain trust over there in Oakland. I'd be that might be a little bit telling too, because if he brings a guy like that in, I mean Isn't he a scout? I said he was a running back. Who am I thinking of this, the scout? You're, oh, you're thinking about who's, Zach Crawford. Who, no, who am I thinking of? Yeah, Mr. Crockett. Touchdown. Okay. He, and he still smiles right. big when you tell him that. You know, and to, and to your point, Alex, too, if, if Warren has developed a little three-down capability from his time at Texas, I mean, that's big to being able to get snap counts and to fantasy, potential fantasy values. You know, look, I think the Raiders are still at the top of the list of the teams who might pursue a Le'Veon Bell. You would think a Mayock might fight against that, trying to talk about positional value of the running back. But the first thing he came in and said was Derek Carr's success is completely contingent on the players that they surround him with. So, you know, I think Bell, I, you know, I, who knows? I think you know, this looks like the Jaguars – could try to trade Fournette maybe during the draft. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, you got a good price tag on him. If the Raiders maybe did something like that, you know, you know I don't, I don't know what it would cost to get that done. But so, you know, look, there, it's far from a foregone conclusion 
that Chris Warren is going to be the lead back over time for this Raiders team. But he's he's in a speculatively and circumstantially in a really, really enticing situation. So this guy wants to know uh, Michael Bruno at Santino two one three. These all these people all tweeted us at Roster Watch again. Alex Dunlap, Byron Lambert, Roster Watch podcast. Please. If you like the podcast, give us a five-star rating and a review, and you will get more of the podcasts. If we just keep staying at the same number, we're right at like 300 reviews right now. What, what reasoning do we have to keep on making these? So if you like them and you haven't given us a review, give us a review. Um, or not even a review. Just rate the podcast. It takes two seconds. Like every podcast that I listen to that I enjoy, I at least have the decency to take the time to just click the five stars. Okay. What is what is Adam Thielen's value right now? In Dynasty? Yes. This comes from Steve Cutright at Number Cruncher. And I promise I'll get back to the other guy who asked a question. I mean, it's high. But, uh, I, I skipped <laughs> at over least a first-round Dynasty pick, and it have to be a pretty good one. Adam Thielen is sick. Adam Thielen's 28 years old, so he's passed what all these guys call the AJ Pax. Well, that's a bogus like, people bunch like of good cockamamie business. Yeah, I mean, five, five years in the league. Um, you know, he, he's going to – are you worried at all about Blake Barrett's – are you worried at all about his agent probably? Not? I mean, that contract looked like a great contract for Adam Thielen whenever it was first signed. Do you worry at all about there being any contentious sort of new contract talks with the Minnesota Vikings for saying that possibly he's outplayed his, his original contract that he signed? I, I don't – I thought he got a pretty solid contract and it wasn't that long ago, so I can't imagine those discussions are going to come up. Is, I mean, it, 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 seem, well, it seemed solid at the time, but it, it's, it was a four-year, $19 million contract. He's outplayed that. Yeah, so what's he going to do? Sit out? Well, I, I don't know. I'm just, well, these are just kind of questions that we I mean, these are the kind of questions that we ask. Yeah, like, this I'd is the want kind a first round pick to bring for the Adam If I was scared about it, I mean, if I was nervous, I would take a maybe a back-end first-round pick. If I wasn't so nervous about him or I'm trying to win in the next one- to two- to three-year period, which truly – I believe is we should not be looking beyond you have to be doing then, that every then, single year. I mean, right. I, I don't see how you can take anything other than like a pretty good first round pick for Adam Thielen right now, especially in a PPD dynasties, PPR. Yeah, I mean, pick. we'll have to see how this class shapes up and not, not every one of these classes goes 12 deep in the first round of, you know, guys, you have to have dynasty rookies. So, I mean, I don't know. I'd need at least a first round pick for Adam Thielen. I think you probably I think you probably do too. Do you do you like Adam Thielen or Mike Evans more in Dynasty? Mike Evans only twenty five oh, years old. You know you know you don't need to ask me that. Yeah, Evans, of course. right? That's our boy, man. Adam Thielen or Julio? I think you stick with Julio, man. A little worried and about Matt Adam Ryan, Thielen. obviously, but I mean. Not not that thrilled then, about Kirk did, Cousins gonna, either, but I guess he's going to be there, and he's going to throw, he's going to sling the ball around. He's going to be there, yeah. and he's going to be fine, and it doesn't matter how bad, about how bad he's been versus versus winning teams and stuff like that. They're going to be like Kirk Cousins is going to have his big games. Thielen's going to have his big games. They, I think if they if they fix that offensive line and just do some things to you know just have add a little bit of continuity to scheme there, I think they can get back to where Thielen was. And remember, he was a monster to start this year. We can't let just the recency of how brutally he ended the season, you know, cloud our judgment. I mean, I, I think that Adam Thielen has still has great value in Dynasty. I, I don't think it was where it was to start this season, but well, I think it, it probably it's higher because still he just now gave you a monster season. Was. So take that off the top. But I mean, 28, 29, 30 years old. I mean, I don't know. I think yeah, maybe Thielen's a guy. You look when you when you always get worried about a guy who has a meteoric rise like that. But sometimes the cliff comes quickly for him. But I, you know, I think I think you got one at least a year, two pretty good years here with Kirk Cousins. Where I mean, he's a sick wide receiver too in PPR. <laughs> what about what what about um, this question? It comes from. Um, Michael Bruno at Santino213, who I was going to ask about earlier, but then I got off of his. Uh, 
Would you rather would, would would you rather have Russell Wilson or Baker Mayfield in Dynasty? Easy, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't, I don't think it's quite as easy for me, but I I think I I lean Baker as. I mean, as Russell well. Wilson's already thirty years old. Baker Mayfield. Is he? Yeah. Is is? Oh God, man! I'm. Jesus I mean, that Christ. was eight. I was. That was eight you, years ago. Sure? We're at the Senior Bowl, and he was a senior coming out, man. That was Russell was Wilson. Old, that was yeah. eight years ago. Russell Wilson Senior Bowl. This is our eighth Senior Bowl, and 2012 was our first, and that was the Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Senior Bowl. An epic monster. Yes. And Russell Wilson was already yeah. old. He'd been at NC State and played baseball and then finished at Wisconsin. He's 30 years old, man. Trying to think, I'm trying to think who else was at that. Who else was really good at that senior bowl? Marvin well, Jones? Nick Foles was there. And, uh, yeah. Wasn't Marvin Jones at that one? I don't know if he was 12 or 13. I'd have to go back. No, it, it, no, it was a different Marvin. Well, there's Marvin McNutt and Marvin remember? Jones. <laughs> That's who it was. It was Marvin McNutt, who I thought it was actually going to be hashtag actually good. But, um, yeah, I, don't, I, I, I wonder what happened with old Marvin McNutt. Maybe he's playing in the well, CFL Well, you get somewhere. better at scouting these guys every single year, man. It's just not – the experience is not replaceable. I mean, it's all there right. is to oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, so we go, we go Baker Mayfield there. Arrows pointing up all over the place for, for him. Okay, here's one from Jacob Bridges. This one looks tough. J.R. Bridges, uh, 53. How do you decide when the appropriate time to trade a stud before you don't get ROI worth it? Barring injuries or freak things like A-B drama or hunts off field stuff, is it just gut feeling? So he's basically asking, how do you be the Belichick and be the smartest guy in the room about identifying maybe maybe when to get rid of a guy uh, before everybody else sees him falling off? And I think that the easiest way to answer that is to put yourself in Belichick's shoes. And, and I, I, I know he didn't ask about anything Belichick specifically, right? But um, it's just when I kind of think about that strategy of doing things, I think immediately about Belichick. And to put yourself in his shoes, what you have to do is you have to understand the fact that we, you're, sometimes you're going to get off a guy too early and you're going to look dumb for, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have to be able to, to, to take a risk, you know? It's a risky thing to do, and you have to be willing to, to take those risks. And you have to hope that over the course of all those different transactions that you make and, uh, you know, when you're calculated about it and you are uh, thoughtful about it, you need to think that your process over time is going to win out and that you cannot be scared of taking a risk and, and looking foolish maybe one year out because you got rid of somebody in what seems to be uh, – what, what seems to be a time frame that's a little bit too early and you got rid of them for too cheap for what they were for the immediate part of the future. If you want some tangibles, I mean, I don't, Belichick doesn't strike me as a guy who goes on gut feeling. I think he probably has a very, uh, a, a concrete process for all that. And I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I mean, what, what you should be looking at is what's the quarterback situation on that team? What's the cro- contract situation on that team? What's the roster situation on? What's the, sal- what's the, what's the salary exactly. cap outlook for the whole team? Are they going to be able to pay everybody, all the ancillary pieces that help this player, like that prop this player up? It's like with Antonio Brown, you should have seen it coming down the pipe even before this latest drama because you needed to realize that Big Ben – He's Big Ben doesn't keep his body in good shape, and he's getting old. He's not going to last as long as Tom Brady. He just isn't. And we've seen how Antonio Brown looks with Landry Jones or one of these dirt balls throwing him the football. You know, those are the kinds of things that you think about. How much do you worry about that with, say, Michael Thomas? How much longer is Drew Brees going to be around? I mean, it's a problem. They got, you know, I'll be interested to see if they keep are they they going to try to keep Teddy Bridgewater or is he going to free agency? I, I think he's going to free oh, agency. He's, he's going to he's going to yeah he's going to be yeah. one of the hottest one of the one of the hottest in all free agency. And so you know you 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 wonder about him. You can probably want, you can wonder about Odell Beckham. I mean he's only twenty six years old, but what does his quarterback situation look like moving forward? Maybe with he's the one guy you can say well you know what it's been so bad anyway that it can't get any worse. But with these guys that are connect like the Devontae Adams. The Antonio Browns, the Juju Smith-Schusters, um, you know, Mike, I, I'd say the Michael Thomases, only really the DeAndre Hopkins, the Tyreek Hills, the Adam Thielens, the Julio Joneses, the Mike Evans, these types of guys are the ones with, you know, the next four to five years looking very stable at the quarterback position. 
So you just those those kinds of things. You know, you you, just, you take them into account. You look at the contracts, but certainly you don't just go off gut gut feel. Um, there, there's, a, there's a time and place for gut. And you feel. also I look at production, and you look is. at the other guys on the roster. I mean, you see a Juju coming up or whatnot. You know, I mean, there's just, there's a whole list of considerations, and I think then your gut feeling kind of. You know, I think your gut feeling mostly emanates from some kind of subconscious calculations inside your brain anyways, well, right? So that stuff's in there, right? And then it and then it it takes shape clearly. as some kind yeah. of gut feeling. Right? Everybody everybody read everybody read red blink and like thinking fast and slow and stuff. Like a lot of the, like a lot of the times your 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 gut feeling comes from subconscious stuff that that you just that you just pick up in your ethos and I've never read a page of any of that stuff but this is always what I've kind of surmised so yeah um you have you've never read read bread blank or anything from like Daniel Kahneman or like I can't believe that you've never read I'm not too big of a reader man I wish I read more try to make more trying to make more time for it just just listen to it on on audiobook the the undoing project was like my favorite audiobook ever I want to get that David Goggins audiobook man (laughs) <laughs> I've been. I, I love Goggins, man. You, you, you just oh, want to get fired I up and get, get abs of steel. I want to throw my mind into the fucking fire, dude. And I want to. I want to fucking dude, that pound it out well, like that an iron sword, I, man. That guy said. That, that guy says you have to go into the deepest, darkest you do. dungeons of your mind. You have just, to grow through suffering. Yourself. It's what all the great <laughs> mythologies and religions have always taught us, man. There's there's real intelligence yeah. from thousands of years of civilization built into that concept, man. He says there's no special well, people. There's only special minds in this world. Head up, head up to the Dallas County Jail while you're up there and go ask the, just go ask those guys if they'll toss you in solitaire for 20 days or something like that. You'll get a, you'll get a great, great, great They try to do one thing that sucks that every day is what Goggins says. That's a good way to start. Well, um, that's, I, I, feel like I, do, I feel like I do a lot of things each day that suck, so I, I, sh- I, sh- I should be well on my way. I have to deal with the trash man literally like once a day. It's a problem. Um, okay. It's a big problem. No, no dynasty here, but I have a keeper. Qu- All right, so this is, this is a keeper question. You guys, call, call, me, call me Mr. Tibbs. Mr. Jo- so he's called Mr. Jones on Twitter, but his handle is call, call me Mr. Tibbs. Um, no dynasty. Oh, so full point PPR, two keepers. So he can keep Chubb, Keenan Allen, Spencer Ware, or Mike Evans. I'm keeping Nick Chubb for sure, and then I'm keeping Keenan Allen, I think. You keep Keenan Allen over Mike Evans? It's close, right? Probably so. Just hate Jameis Winston. Chris Godwin looks pretty good yeah, over there, the, too. Here's the thing is you can't you – can't, you can hate Jameis, but for fantasy, having your assets tied to him, you no, can't I mean, really hate fair him. Fair enough. Between between if you added up Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick's stats from this year as the quarterback for that off now that, how, the offense would, is would potentially going to change with no, change, with no right. Todd well, Monken I can't believe yeah, yeah. that I can't believe it's Arians why aren't they hiring I, Todd Monken I can't Monken. believe they keep talking about Arians going to Tampa well I wouldn't mind that the the, the most cockamamie dumb fuck stuff would be if they really did hire Brian Kelly and then gave him complete now Jason Light needs to be fired I mean don't 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 get me wrong but the fact that the report came out that they wanted to make Brian Kelly head coach and GM give him complete control who, who reported is that just, somebody that's probably not not trustworthy that sounds like something an opposing team in the division put out <laughs> So yeah, for that one, Mr. Jones, call, call me. Sometimes Mr. they float we'll those weather balloons too, just to see what the reaction is before they actually go down those rabbit holes, right? I'd just be surprised to hear that Arians but, wants to go down to Tampa. Does he, does he have roots in Florida? Why the hell would he want? He said that he did. No, but he said that he has. But he says that he said the only place he wanted to go was Cleveland. It's the only place but I wanted if to something go. Opened up with, he said if something opened up with Jason Light. There, he has a great working relationship with him. I'm sure Jason Light loved oh, to hear dude, that. That's you his know, fucking. That that's his team. get out of jail free card. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I could see it happening, and I think it'd be good. I, I would like that for for Mike Evans and for did Godwin. You read, did you read that James. note that was floating around on Twitter? I think it was Lombardi that tweeted it out yesterday. It was an old note, kind of written piece from Bill Walsh about the structures of organizations and the owners and the GMs and the personnel guy and the head coach. 
It's probably from his book, Gridiron Genius, which is a book that I'm actually listening to on audiobook as we speak, and I cannot recommend it enough. It is amazing, but it, it could be an excerpt from that because he talks a ton about organizational structures, about the dichotomy with owner, GM, head coach, those relationships, how, how winning organizations handle it. So I'll bet what, what did it say? Oh, well, it was just, you know, it was, it, it was basically how the owner's out for martinis with the GM discussing about what they're going to do over their nice dinner. And, you know, the, per, you know, they're all the personnel guy is a guy that's hot. Talks about how he just killed the draft. All the beat writers are saying how good the draft was so that obviously the personnel on the team is good. And then, you know, he's hired by the GM. So ultimately he's just his puppet and going to kind of go with him. I mean, it was just, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, and by the end of the and by the end of the dinner, the owner needs to be thinking, "Why the hell can't we win with this team? It must be these, these dumbass coaches." While the coaches, coaches. The, while the coaches are at the <laughs> right. building slaving yeah. away on tape, right? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's what you'd expect right. them to all think from their individual perches. You know, it's just yeah. things are always, that, you know, things not rocket science, man. You find out, you know, shit's just real, man. I mean, it's obvious that that's the way the kind of the dynamic would be, and you you think people would be above and beyond that highly paid. Uh, professionals like that but dude at the end of the day people just behave like people People did i tell you that i uh people are people i I don't remember if i told you i met uh, bill walsh's i believe mistress at um at uh was it not mustards what's the one you always tell me to go to in napa Oh well, just the place that's a um, the place that's a good spot that's a little bit cheaper. Rutherford Grill. Rutherford Grill. Yeah, yeah. Rutherford Grill. I met her there. Had a glass of wine next to her. She actually started telling me a little bit about her. She she said Bill was a good dude. Uh, I'm sure she thought so. Um, yeah, but that that excerpt definitely from Gridiron Genius. I actually just listened to that. Uh, I just listened to that that um, chapter on team building on my way home from the Army All-American practices in San Antonio yesterday. All right. Uh, does Alan, this one from Billy Marshall, does Alan Robinson's value go up or down in 2019? It goes up. I mean, up based on whatever. It feels like it's kind of in the, probably in the seller. It's probably in the seller right now. I think I, I, I see Alan Robinson as a buy target in, in Dynasty right now. I, I might be able to get him for a second, and I do it all day. Yeah, he looks good. I mean, you got to think Trubisky and hopefully continues to improve and maybe become a little more that prolific. Offense is, that offense is going to be good. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. going to be good. They're, they're, they're building that team the right way. We'll see. I, I, want, I wonder the, if it's a bit of a – With a good head I, you coach. Know. A second-round rookie oh, yeah, draft a pick? Yeah, a second-round rookie Robinson? draft pick. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think you can give up for him. I'm not sure that I'll give a first at this point, but as as we come a little bit more into focus with our own dynasty rookie rankings and sort of where they fall with within the parameters of like the like like a dynasty startup, then we'll probably know a little bit better. I'm not sure that you know. I think maybe I'd even give up a late first in this draft, but I'm not sure just for uh, just just to make it clear. That's something that we'll know a whole lot better by, by the time like the combine gets here. We've done a lot more of our study on these incoming rookies that we're just starting. Um, okay. Who are some guys who had less – oh, this comes from Austin Glob at Globber20. Who are some guys you think had less than ideal rookie years or just didn't get the opportunity in their rookie years that you are targeting heading into year two? For me, it's two words, Darius and Geis. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a juicy we one. Are gonna, we are going to own him everywhere next season because people are going to forget about him. And I'll bet his ADP and redraft leagues for next year is going to be like sixth or seventh round coming into August. And I just think he's an excellent buy in Dynasty. The thing is, Dynasty owners are smart, and they're not going to give him to you for pennies on the dollar because they drafted him thinking he's going to, you know, thinking he is going to be the shit for their for their team for years to come. And they saw him in that first preseason game. Like he only got like two or three runs, but boy, they are they are just tattooed on the back of my mind as saying, you know what, our evaluation on Darius guys looks like it's going to be right, right on the money. I mean, he looked every bit of exactly my most optimistic hopes before he tears that ACL. Yeah, I'd agree. That's a major uh, primary person of interest in Dynasty, that's for sure, of the rookies. I mean, you're, hope, you're hoping that maybe maybe you're the owner's still a little concerned what kind of timeshare could be next year if it's, that's a little bit unclear. Um, 
you know, there's been the reports about the infection. I know the way I've seen people tweeting around worried about whether they can continue to roster guys or not because of the reports about the infections oh, no, on their dude, knees. I've, I've seen folks. I've seen photos of him. I've seen photos of him where he's not no, wearing I'm a not, brace. I'm, I'm not saying we should be worried about it. I'm telling you, you're hoping that may, maybe you've got an owner in your league that's falling victim to those things, and that's that you know, and maybe and you can get a little bit of a depressed value because otherwise, like Alex said, dynasty owners oftentimes are pretty smart, and they've held on to him for this long. They're ready to. That feels like a sick first round pick him, for them. And they still <laughs> yeah, are this in love next with year, him. but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's. I I agree. I mean, I have my I have a little little list here, and he's right at the top. That's for sure, man. He of, of guys you've at least got to poke around on and see what the deal is in your dynasty. All right, so we didn't get we didn't get to get to all these questions. Let's get to two more of them. I think that sort of answers Apollo Jedi's question about what guys' trade value is right now. He's looking to acquire. Should he? I think you should if you can get him on the cheap, but I don't think you can get him. I mean, you it know, sounds like you should even give up I, potentially a f- first. I mean, you could give up di- a first rounder this oh, year. Oh yeah, give up a yeah yeah. I I give up a t- yes, of course yes. Um, and then let's, I, I want to get to Podfather's question, but let's just go like let's just quickly let's hear your one sentence thoughts on these guys in Dynasty, okay? Because he gives a whole list. He says going a little deep here. It's a twenty-four team Dynasty, twenty-four teams. Damian Williams, rapid fire. It's interesting. Why? Because he's because he seems like he could be the primary ball carrier for the Chiefs. Next I'm not season, sure. I totally right? buy that. But yeah, there's obviously some upside to that scenario, and he looks good, and he's got a clear path to opportunity at the time being. And we're not sold that this is a great running back class, so um, he could be in a pretty good spot. You guys, if you hear these uh, hear these trucks and stuff coming by, and that's my apologies. I think there's something going on. I think some kind of I think the lake. I think something. I think one of these transformers down at the lake uh, just kind of blew up or something like that. Because it seems like there's a I'm looking. It seems like there's a fire down down, down at the but lake. But Damian Williams kind. is all, also so, interesting because there's a chance he could be um, overvalued right now. Daryl Williams, same team. I mean, he needs to be LSU. on a list of deep guys you poke around on in a, in a competitive dynasty league. I'm not, you know, I think you can treat in, him in as a Chris same, Warren. In same, I think that he's persona non grata on that Chris Warren list. I think Chris Warren's on. I think that Chris Warren is in a is. is I think he's in a little tier that that, that uh, well, he, Darryl Williams is, is persona non grata. That should in. be the name of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it should be. Chris Warren persona non grata. <laughs> he, he, uh, he asked about Chris Warren. We already talked about him. Elijah McGuire. I don't like the way Elijah McGuire runs, but he keeps putting up good numbers. And maybe it's my eyes. Just I used to like the way he runs. I just I don't think he's. I, I think that he's looked a little bit more plodding this year. But he's put up good good numbers. What do you have on Eli McGuire? Not that interested. I mean, Jets have to be the front runners for Not Le'Veon interested. Bell. You're going to have to Jets are front runners for Le'Veon Bell, and they're going to add to that backfield. Come on. They're not going to come in and evaluate Elijah McGuire as the clear-cut workhorse running back of the future for that team. Jake Kumaro. You can't. How can you be interested in him? You've still, you know why? Because that brings it. You know who comes into focus is, you know, Jimon Moore was the highest rookie uh, draft pick of all those rookies in Green Bay this year. And he's the one that didn't get any action or play at all. He's kind of on some kind of uh, basement sleeper list based on his where he was drafted last year. And then I think, you know, I know Valdez Scantling's already out of the bag, but I'm, I think ESB is a, an interesting. ESB is interesting, I believe, at this point, too. What about, um, let me get back to it here. Yeah, I mean, this, what about Trey Quinn? Well, Jamison Crowder's I'm contract situation suddenly changed. He should yes. be out. We love Trey Quinn. He's on the list. I mean, he needs to be, he's owned in a lot of leagues, competitive leagues at this point. Or he was picked up and owned it there at least for a while at the end of the season. He's owned more than you think, but Trey Quinn definitely um, a primary target. Or, you know, these are all guys that in our dynasty leagues we're going to poke around on, at least see what's going on with them. 
He has a few. He, I mean, any any strong convictions on any of these guys? Keith Kirkwood, John U. Smith, Blake Jarwin, or Chad Kelly? Any conviction on any of those guys? I mean, uh, Jar, Jarwin obviously interesting at this point. I mean, the Cowboys could use maybe maybe a tight end premium leagues. I think that you probably have to look at Blake Jarwin. And, and I thought you were smart for right. bringing up Janu Smith earlier. I mean, it could be a timeshare with Ferkser. In the future, but I mean, we like Janu Smith, and now that he kind of flashed there, I don't know if he's going to get the volume ever. But he's a very Delaney Walkerish type. That was always our evaluation on him. I think he's kind of out of sight, out of mind right now. So, not not going head over heels for them, you know. I I'd also look, you know, at the. I might look at those two Houston tight ends too. I mean, I don't. I'd have to go back and see exactly what's going on with Jordan Akins and Jordan Thomas. I know those were two kind of guys. Yeah. I like Jordan Akins. Yeah, two and Jordan kind of Thomas. guys on a good offense that are young. That you know, you know, none of these guys are locks, right? We're talking about deep, deep dynasty gems and stashes here. So, all right. Um, so let's go to the Podfather's question: Is Antonio Brown still a first round dynasty pick? And you just think about a 12-team league, and we're talking dynasty startup. And you think about the guys who would – I mean, you take it, you, you're taking – so the running backs that are going to go. So Saquon's going to go. Gurley. Zeke is certainly going to go before him. Kamara's going to go before him. McCaffrey's certainly going to go before him. So that's what – how many did I just list? Five? You got to think that in a dynasty startup, the guys like Connor are going to go before he does. Nick Chubb will go before he does. Kareem Hunt. Oh, Melvin Gordon. I mean, that's like 10 guys I just listed. And then at the wide receiver position, of course, you're going to be taking DeAndre Hopkins over him. I mean, we talked earlier about I – mean, I, I, I think I take Juju over Antonio Brown at this point in time. A 22-year-old Juju Smith-Schuster over the 30-year-old Antonio Brown? I'm not Brown? sure I'm going to do that. He's got the same limitation with Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger's career potentially winding down. That's the pri- that's the primary you limitation. Take Juju over him? No, eight years younger, and Juju's almost as good already. Nope. And you know the fact that this is actually a dynasty startup that we're talking about. Look, I mean, in a dynasty startup, you have every reason to be in it to win it from the onset of the of from the genesis of this league so if i'm looking one i'm looking at that point i'm looking two i mean no more than three years out i'm really looking potentially at year one and two and in that case i mean antonio brown still has plenty of value i mean you're right i mean it's going to be on the fringe it's going to be on the fringe in a startup uh but i i think so i think you're in it to win it man in a, in a startup like that nobody's got it nobody should have an advantage I'm not taking. I'm not taking Antonio Brown in round one of. I'm taking all those running. Like there are other players I want more than him. I, you would. You would. Which one of those running backs I listed? Would well, you, you didn't. Take him I'm over? not sure you listed 11 guys. I mean, Gurley, Z. I probably. I mean, I might take him over David Johnson. So right now, you know, I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't list. David I mean, I Johnson. might take him over Kareem said, Hunt. You okay, could consider I, right, him so, over a Dalvin right, Cook. About, I mean, you know, you're taking Gurley. Okay, you but you can't. Gurley, Saquon, three, four, Camara, four, Gordon, five, McCaffrey, Mixon, McCaffrey, six, seven, Chubb, Connor, you know, eight. Are you taking a Geis over him? You know, I don't know. You taking a Carry on Johnson over him? I don't think Uh, so. And then, but I am taking a DeAndre Hopkins over him. Probably taking a Devontae Adams over him. I mean, what about a Michael Thomas? Yeah, I mean he's not a first round. Pick. I mean it pushes him to the back of the first round. It's not get. It's not. It's not becoming a clear cut decision at this point. We're only like ten guys in, so I think he's a late first rounder, early second rounder. If you're a good player and you're trying to win it, right off. Yeah, I just to me it's to me it's it's. Pretty, I see him as a second round pick in in, in dynasty startups. But I don't, I don't think we're too far off. I think we're splitting hairs. I think I think ba- I think mainly it comes down to the fact that I'd probably take Odell Beckham. You put a Tyreek, yeah, so Tyreek in front of him. You push him so down I probably to a, like high, to a high second rounder. But I would not blame anybody for taking 
Antonio Brown late first round. I mean, we got to think honestly. The true cap on Antonio Brown has been Roethlisberger's career. What about at this Julio? Point. Would you take Julio? I'm over not him? sure. What about we talk about Julio? And Julio didn't stuff. score. A, he and, didn't score any fucking touchdowns. And no, I'm not taking. He scored eight touchdowns this season. I don't didn't care. He? So he he that's that's what he maxes out at. Antonio Brown led the league in receiving touchdowns this year. So, and and Julio Jones is always fucking hurt. I'm not sure. I think Matt Ryan has that much gas left in the tank. It's. I mean, you can you can't fault somebody for going one way or the other there. But look, I mean, to me, it's all about Roethlisberger's situation. Otherwise, if you go back into the annals of football history and you look at the Chris Carters and the Jerry Rices and the Tim Browns and the Terrell Owens and the Marvin Harrisons, those guys get absolutely sick between 30 and 34 years old, and that that's the kind of player that Antonio Brown is. So. And Dynasty, I'm looking no more than three years out. He's got three tremendous years in front of him if Roethlisberger can still play, if it doesn't turn into a devolve into a Landry Jones situation, if he gets traded to a team with a decent you know, quarterback uh, situation. And then thinking of startup, man, you can really be in it to win it the first couple of years. And in that situation, you know, I think Roethlisberger's got two more years left. There's no way they're going to trade Antonio Brown. It's $21 million in dead cap space. They've got a window they're trying to still win a Super Bowl in here. That would be an idiotic move. So he's definitely going to be with the Steelers this next year. You think so? Yes. Even though now he started following all these 49ers, the 49ers have like $110 million in space. Like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's still kind of up in the air. We'll see. You, well, well I mean, how, but how can you um, eat twenty one million in dead cap space unless you're throwing in the towel if you're the Steelers? And that's a team who think, thinks that they've got like a they should have been in the playoffs and could have been a contender this year. They don't have to. They don't have to eat it if they trade him. I'm, I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty. Sh- uh, we'll have to double check that, but I'm pretty sure that's what I. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure that's what I read that they take a huge cap hit by trading. Oh, a, a pre June first. Trade is a massive cap hit, and that's probably when it would happen during the draft. <laughs> 